This week on the show, Envias win the Game Show Global Cup, Havoc leaves Renegades, and we take a look at Cloud9 and CLG's new pickups. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by Jason Moses O'Toole, and we're going to kick things off with a throwback clip. This week's clip is Team Dynamic versus MTW at ESWC 2011. Adren picks up a four-kill round to help Dynamic tie the match and advance from Group B. Unfortunately, Dynamic would lose to Team Very Games in the semi-finals and to Check 6 in the third place game. They finished fourth, just outside the prize money. Our first story this week is the Game Show Global Esports Cup, which took place from February 4th to 7th in Vilnius, hopefully pronounced correctly, in Lithuania. Jason, let's have a look at Group A. So this was an $80,000 tournament, 185000 in total, and in Group A we had Counterlogic, Envias, Flipside, and Dignitas. And I think probably the most surprising story here is the fact that Dignitas swept through this group and uh, won over the likes of Envias, maybe people like Flipside, uh, they could have been in the running. Uh, but, you know, beat Flipside 16-13, 16-12, and then beat Envy 16-9 and 16-5 as well. So not just won the group, swept it. Jason, explain. Uh, I mean, they're just playing really, really well lately. We saw, we saw like, glimpses of it um, in Leipzig uh, where, they, where they beat, you know, an underperforming Virtus Pro, and kind of the story at that time was how bad Virtus Pro looked, and then coming in here um, and doing the damage they did to Envious, at least in the group stage, uh, looked good. And this bodes well because they've been on the upswing, and it's leading up to the major qualifier, which which they're going to be at in a couple weeks. Uh, so they're they're hitting good peak uh, heading into that event, which is massively important to get to the major. Um, you know, Config playing very well. Um, a couple like you know KRB is playing very well, um, but he still has some of those issues leading into the finals. But in this group stage, um, they looked very strong, a very scary team. Yeah, and you mentioned they 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 did beat Envy's there, and it was a sweep. It was two nil. And Envy have been struggling a little bit in groups as of late. Anyway, um, MBK is calling for the team. They're kind of in that adjustment period. Uh, what do you think of Envy's performance, not just against Dignitas, but in general recently? Uh, it's been it's been lackluster. I still think they're in that kind of transitional period that they talked about after. Um, it would be after Cluj and they bombed out of that DreamHack event. Uh, in Sweden, um, yeah. but they're kind of in that transitional period still where they're trying to find more consistent ways to win. You know, not, I don't want to call it gimmicky, but like when, when that style they had in Cluj, where it's just heavily momentum-based, a lot of aim, um, it's not always going to work out for you, and, and they found that out the hard way, so I still think they're kind of working through that, um, starting to get, you know, Maniac adjusted into that coaching role, so um, there's going to be those growing pains, uh, but either way, they walk away with the trophy. All right, yeah. Well, okay, we'll, we'll come back and talk about Envias later on because obviously they did go on and win the whole thing in the end. And uh, we'll touch on Counterlogic a little bit as well. But for the meantime, let's jump over to Group B, which, of course, was the group with Cloud9, G2, Method, and Astralis. Astralis? 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 Astralis. Astralis, let's go with that. So, uh, first of all, uh, Cloud9, I, I think it's fair to say, not another good tournament to them, uh, for them. They failed to knock off any real uh contender here stewie in his first international tournament for the team he's the new signing of course kind of struggled across the board freakazoid had another abysmal performance statistically he's one of the worst players in the in the whole event uh 
we are going to touch on Cloud9 a little bit later, but Jason, what's what's going on with these guys? Is it just the, the roster change, or is there something deeper here as well? Uh, I mean, it's it's the roster change, and it's also the roster change not addressing any of their real needs. It's the fact they still don't have um, any kind of leadership. They don't have any kind of leadership in terms of their tactics, in terms of, mm. you know, Sean was the guy who was, like, wanting them to practice, was preparing for all the events. They no longer have that. They don't have an analyst. They don't have a coach. Um, <laughs> nothing's now adjusting to this role of calling. Um, and, and I know, you know, as a long time and experienced player, he, he has a lot of knowledge. He has a mm. lot of game sense. But being an in-game leader at this level of competition is a skill that you have to practice and you have to hone and you have to learn how to do just like just like picking up an AWP and opping at this level, just like being a rifler at this level. It's something you have to, you know, it's a skill to be able to mentally visualize the map and where your teammates are calling your opponents at. Not only are you thinking of your own player's positioning, but you're thinking of opponent's positioning. And it takes practice to be able to do that, visualize it in your mind as a round is going on and then repeat it round after round after round it's mentally draining um so i mean it's no surprise it, it was basically i mean their t-sides were just atrocious at this event yeah um, and that's that's not to be like too harsh it's just like that's that's what happened um their ct sides at time looked okay uh looked i mean it's just it's exactly what we kind of expected out of him when when nothing has this leadership of directing the team uh, it's not necessarily his fault but it, it kind of is at the same time because he's not a leader, but we all knew this was going to happen. We all knew they were going to struggle very much. Um, and I also think that's part of the reason why Stewie, I mean, that's got to be a hard thing to come into when it's your first professional or international outing as a professional player. Uh, it's got to be hard for Freakazoid, who's probably feeling at times, you know, when he's being told to entry frag somewhere, it's not the most efficient use of his life. So, I yeah. mean, it's, it's just you're going to see these kind of struggles across the board initially. All right, well, we will talk a little bit more about Stewie uh, in the second half of Pop Flash this week. So the other team I want to pick out, pick on, essentially, in Group B is G2, uh, because they did advance in second place. Uh, first first place, of course, went to Astralis, but G2 came through in that second place decider versus Cloud9. Uh, and they seem to be playing pretty well, I think it's fair to say. Scream had a standout performance. He's ranked the fourth best player of the whole tournament uh, overall. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the way they played in this group, Jason? Uh, not necessarily. Um, Any surprises? Scream being the fourth ranked player at the event statistically. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'd have to I'd have to go go back and watch because Scream has always been that player who has some who has pretty good statistics. Um, mm. It's about you know the the quality of of the kills you know where they where they impact frags where they where they're big time frags. Um, but but being ranked up that high just kind of surprises me. Um, yeah, I mean they 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 played they played a good good event um or a good group stage at least um i'm surprised cloud nine didn't get a map off of them because i mean let's let's be real g2 is not world beaters um mm -hmm. it's very cool they were able to get a map off astralis it's and they they went 4-1 in maps against cloud nine so it was a very good group stage for them okay well I've, i mean that's pretty much where it ended for g2 if we yeah. jump over and have a look at the bracket stage results uh they got dropped by uh clg in the very first round so uh, in the bracket, we had Astralis with the buy, uh, Cloud9 versus Envy, CLG versus G2, and Dignitas with the buy as well. And uh, again, fair to pick on Astralis here, I think, because uh, they barely got past G2 in the group stage. And uh, here in the bracket, they've lost to Team Envy as 2-1. We've talked a lot about Astralis in the past being that kind of choking team. 
there was speculation that they'd got over it. They've formed this new organization. All this, you know, green passages left, right, and center. They're supposed to be recovering. Uh, but is it more likely that this team has peaked and they're on the way down, do you think? No, I actually expect them to have a, a pretty good 2016. Um, right. Because of, of all the teams last year that were, that were playing well, it, it always baffled me. Astralis, when they struggled, not necessarily, just, just mostly because it's not really a choking thing, but the way they play Counter-Strike, I, I like it. Um, I like their style of gameplay. It's very, just fundamentally strong, I think. They, they do, they generally do very good. This is kind of where the choking thing comes into play, because when they start on these, you know, these chokes, um, you notice them making a lot of, of, of just individual mistakes, mental lapses, and things of that nature, which when they're playing well, they don't do at all, and that's their strength. Um, so I think 2016, we're starting to see, you know, teams like Navi, teams like Luminosity, more tactical teams versus, you know, the Envy and the Fnatic styles. Uh, it's kind of this tactical counter-strike is starting to be on the upswing again. And I think Astralis is going to start to excel a little bit more than we saw uh, this season. But, I mean, they do have to figure something out mentally because when they collapse, when they struggle, it's ugly. It's really, really jarring the difference between Astralis playing well and Astralis, you know, in that choke mode. Um, yeah. So that that's that's the, I mean they just have to get mentally confident again because it still seems like, you know everyone thinks they're going to choke and and I, it seems like they're thinking at some point they know they're going to choke as well. All right, and last question on this topic before we jump over to number two, uh, the grand final over on the far right. So this was Envious uh, versus Dignitas, and Envious took the match three 0 clean sweep. Yeah. Uh, and well, I, I guess. Is it fair to say that after Envious beat Astralis in that semi-final game, they'd essentially won the whole tournament? Were they ever going to get a challenge from anybody in the lower half of this bracket? Actually, I think a lot of people were expecting Dignitas. Um, you know, a lot of some of the some of the analysts that I talked to actually thought that Dignitas had a pretty decent chance of winning that grand final uh, with right. the way they'd been playing. Certainly, people thought that they would put up a fight. I mean, Config had an amazing tournament. Um, unfortunately, Kenny. You know, it's one of those tournaments where he went old Kenny mode. He was just a he was just a monster in this in this event. Um, not even fair at points uh, to see that kind of old Kenny shine up. We, we, you kind of get glimpses of how he performed for basically half of a year. Um, guy is just a beast. Uh, yeah, his 102 plus 102 kill death. That's just nuts. 14 of 16 maps above a 1.0 player rating. Um, hard to, hard to deal with that. Uh, also, I, I should say, Kier B really impressed me this event until it came to the finals, where it felt like he kind of kind of lagged behind, kind of disappeared a little bit. So that was that was unfortunate. But I think Dignitas, um, if I'm Dignitas, I don't really I don't really mind getting destroyed in the finals like that because I'm I'm my main goal is qualifying for the major, and I'm yeah. saying we've now shown good things for. Um, for a couple events now let's keep this momentum up let's forget about getting swept in this grand final uh and let's let's just think about the fact that we should feel pretty good going into the major qualifier all right absolutely well let's leave that there that was the game show global esports cup which took place from february 4th to 7th congratulations to envious who won and uh before we jump over to topic num number two we're going to go to miss harvey who's got a cs fact for us Thanks, Jack. Everybody knows that Counter-Strike maps have two bomb sites, bomb site A and bomb site B. But it wasn't always that way. In August 2000, an official map was released called Final Option that had three bomb sites, A, B, and C. 
Theodorus could plant at any one of them in order to win the round. But that's not all. Final option also adds security cameras that could be used to look around the map and electricity grids to shock enemy players. Another official map called Jeepathon only had one bump site, but also four hostages and two drivable cars. When Counter-Strike left the beta stage in 2000, Final Option was removed from the game for good. Since then, all official maps have had a maximum of two bomb sites. Thank you very much, Steph. Jason, three bomb sites. Do you think Counter-Strike could benefit from more bomb sites these days? Sounds like my nightmare, Jack. <laughs> Just more analysis for you to do, surely. Uh, yeah, sounds like the worst. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on and take a look at North America's new rosters. So as we alluded to at the top of the show, Cloud9 picked up Stewie and CLG have picked up Fugly. So we're going to take a look at those two players head to head in this graphic here. So this is both of their performances from the Game Show Cup, which we just talked about, took place over the weekend. And uh, as you can see... Not a great showing from these two new pickups. Uh, they both played, well, nine maps, 15 maps, but, you know, kill-death ratio is is down in the dumps. Uh, yeah. Assist per round is low. Everything's low here, Jason. Is it fair to say not a great start for North America's new pickups? Uh, yeah, but, uh, I mean, keeping in mind that they are new pickups and we knew they were going to struggle, um, you, you always kind of... Especially when you go to like, especially when your first event is against this international competition with some really, really good teams in it, um, then yeah, you're you're definitely going to struggle being a new player. Uh, Stewie, we we especially knew he was going to struggle. I think the Fugly statistics are more in line with the fact that they played what um, eight maps against Envy. I don't think it would be eight, yeah. maybe more. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's just that's just a tough draw, um, especially when we talked about Kenny S in that mode. But I like I like one thing I do like. Maybe the one shining statistic in this entire thing is is uh, Stewie's entry kill ratio, one point one nine. Um, that just is kind of a testament to how aggressive he likes to play. So that's a cool start. But yeah, I mean, kill death, obviously. Um, I, I think as as they play against some different competition, especially CLG, uh, dodging Envy a little bit in the future, I think those statistics are going to change to being more positive for Fugly. Uh, interesting to keep track of how Stewie does. But I mean, also look at it too. Maps played, 15 maps for Fugly uh, in one tournament. <laughs> that's got to wear you down. That's a long, long event. <laughs> all right well let's take a look at the pie charts we've got some pie charts on pop flash now this is all very exciting so uh this is a slightly different stat jason uh we've got uh, we're essentially breaking down frags per round in these charts so we could, we'll take a look at the stewie one to begin with but we've got one for fugly as well and i think what's most surprising on these charts for me is the sheer number of rounds where these guys got zero kills you know stewie's got 144 rounds 52 percent of the rounds he played he basically had no impact he got no kills uh, as we'll see in the fugly graphic excuse me, coming up just after that, he's gone at 212 rounds with zero kills, so 57% of his rounds. But is that really as bad as it looks, Jason? Uh, no. Well, first of all, with Stewie, I think part of it has to do with one. Cloud9, we already talked about, no leadership, no real tactical leader, nothing's kind of forced into that role, and he's still learning how to do it properly. Uh, mm. That's going to really impact the way that Stewie can perform. Also, I think that 52% is a good indication of 
um, you know, a risky style of play that he likes to do. You know, we talked about him being picked up as high risk, high reward. He also plays a very high risk, high reward style. You constantly yeah. see himself flashing himself through smoke with like an underhand toss. And sometimes that's going to work beautifully. It's going to look great. Other times, 52% of the time, I guess you would say, uh, it's not going to be that great. <laughs> um, so I think it's a product of a couple of different things. Same thing with Fugly. Um, I, I think Fugly, while he played more rounds, so that's, I mean, 57% is, you know, we even talked before this. I thought I was really, really surprised at how high that was. Yeah. That, that's got to just be the product of, of playing Envy. Um, especially, too, when you're going against Envy and Kenny with an AWP is playing as lights out as he was in this event. Um, you're going to get picked off a bunch. Now I don't I know not all of those are going to be fugly, but I'm sure he got picked off a number of times. So I mean immediately right off the start of the round, Kenny is just being a god, and and just dropping you. So I think both of those are gonna are gonna change as we go on. But but I mean that's pretty scary. Yeah. Okay. Well, just just to get your final thoughts before we wrap this up, do you think this is? You've kind of mentioned yes, it was their first event for both of these guys. Uh, Fugly came up against Envy, so not a great barometer of where he sits. Do you think it's just a case of gelling as a team for these guys, and we'll see their performances start to pick up as they find their right place in the team? Essentially, I think that I think that's a case for Fugly. I, I think the the mm. big case for Stewie is, and it's not even necessarily his fault. Just so inexperienced. Um, and put into the situation where he is now an ex inexperienced in-game leader. I think, like, I can't hammer home enough how, like, the lack of leadership and tactical and strategic leadership that Cloud9 has is so scary for that team moving forward. Sean played such a huge role in that team. I think it's just left this massive, um, massive hole that they're trying to figure out how to fill it, and I think it's going to be way more difficult than they thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing is going to have to make huge strides. And if not, then they have this massive talent that's going to be so difficult to utilize. Um, so so that's that's kind of the big thing with Stewie's stats. And Fugly, I think, yeah, that might just be a little bit more time gelling. They're also adjusting to PETA being the in-game leader, a European who has a completely different style of calling than North Americans do. Um, so there's a lot of adjustments going on in that team at the moment. Uh, same with Cloud9. So uh, both of these teams are, are kind of, you know, weird transitional periods right now, which I think lends itself to, to both of these players having a, a slow start in their first event. Last but not least, I've got some quick fire questions for you, Jason. So quick as you can, give me your thoughts on the following news stories from the week. First of all, uh, Havoc has been released from Team Renegades and Justillo has stepped in. Yeah, uh, it was kind of obvious that Renegades, I mean, going into going into IEM Taipei, it was kind of generally understood if they didn't win that event, there was going to be changes. Yep. Um, and they did not win the event, so now we're seeing the changes. <laughs> See how that works. Uh, but yeah, Havoc was the logical one to kind of go, uh, a little bit underperforming. Um, and him and him and uh, Yam kind of occupied the same space a lot of times on, on the maps strategically, uh, very similar play styles, uh, and mm. it just kind of it just kind of showed. So he's gone, and Renegades continues their trend of just harvesting players off immunity whenever they need one. So I mean, they got Yam a little bit ago, and then now they're bringing in Ustillo. A uh, nice little farm team for him back in Australia. That's it for this week. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by Jason Moses O'Toole. And we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Pop Flash.